Hello again, everyone. This is Dan Duva. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. Halfway through the season, the Golden Knights have taken sole possession of first place, first time since October 4th. And on this episode, we examine the factors that have led to the surge, the standout performers of late, and what questions the team faces going forward. Right now, it's a seven-game season-long homestand. One down, a win versus Arizona, and six to go, Anaheim on deck. Is the team playing to its potential? Can the team get on a roll, and how do they do it? Lots of topics addressed in the Twitter mailbag featuring questions from listeners like you. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel. And now... Here's Dave! Good job by you, Dan. Happy New Year. I mean, wish you a Happy New Year. The happy other, New Year, the Dave. The other two, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> I am some guy named Dave. The Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave. Holiday edition, here we are at the D Hotel. Table for four, corner booth at the great Andiamo restaurant at the D, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Most importantly, guys, did you get anything good for Christmas, or did you not get much at all? Before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's cover the Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. if you say so. Question. Yeah, I got, I got a new barbecue. So that's uh, a Traeger. Like it's like wood a, wood, pellet. Yeah, a bunch of wood is, pellets or something? I'll tell you, I'll be, I'll be in competitions before you know it. <laughs> Behind the foot of these food channels. <laughs> There's shade in the off-season with his apron on. Uh, I, 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 that idea for you. That'd be good. You can yeah. get me one of those. That's fine. Get the big the custom, I, on custom the made. Custom made. SLG and D on it. Yeah. Schmedium. Schmedium. Oh, yeah. Nice and tight. Just like my Christmas sweater. Just like sweater. the Christmas sweater, which drew rave reviews. Uh, Lawman, do you get any presents or no? Not this uh, year. Lawman is kind of in his old age become uh, fairly particular. So I don't ask for anything. And then I go buy myself something. And uh, we got. <laughs> so wait a uh, minute. You didn't open a gift at all on Christmas? Oh, no. My daughter. Oh, of course. Okay. So, hey, uh, my daughter got me a lovely bottle of cologne. From uh, Old Spice, she tricked Old me. Spice. She took me to Dillard's. <laughs> no, no, this is pretty cute. She took me to Dillard's and said, "Daddy, smell this," and you know, gave me one of those little taste test cards. And uh, do you like that? Oh, yeah, that's really nice. It's beautiful, sweetheart. And uh, then that was wrapped up. Uh, then I guess she bought it <laughs> and wrapped it up. And uh, she said, "Do you remember when we were at Dillard's?" So that was uh, that was fun. There you go. Yeah, that was nice. And then uh, so I bought myself a TV. Oh wow! Yes. You, isn't the lawman good to the lawman? Yes, <laughs> they're wow. cheap now, right? So I, I bought. I, I love this story. Just when my wife was pregnant with my daughter, Shane's making a face already. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the story. <laughs> I went to uh, Advance Electronics on Portage Avenue. I know in where that is? Yes. And I bought myself a TV, and it was $2,300. And uh, the, the, they delivered it the next day, and my wife's like, she phones me. She's like, honey, there's guys with big TV here. And I'm like, yeah, it's for the it's for my the basement. It's for me. She's like, we didn't like it's we didn't talk about this. How much was it? Twenty three hundred bucks. It's you know that's uh, that's the last thing I'm ever gonna buy for myself because we we're having a kid. So uh, and uh, but four hundred bucks. I got a sixty five inch TV. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Sorry, four eighty nine. Four eighty nine. Okay. So let's go back to the twenty three hundred dollar one. Did she make you return it? No, no. Oh, okay, good. No, Do you still, still have it? it? I, I, I still got, have it. It's I her. can go back even further. So when I first made the NHL in, it was a 2000, 
Uh, I bought, that's what I bought. I bought for the basement. Remember the big screens that you could roll? They were on the box. Like, oh, that was yeah. the only way. There was no, oh, yeah. like, plasma. They're so heavy. Yeah, it was yeah. five grand. Really? And it was those huge ones <laughs> in it to line it down. But, you know, it was my, yeah. for, that was my gift to yeah, myself yeah. for making it. Of course, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I bought, but that, they've come a long way. Let's just so say we that. bought we bought our, we, we remodeled the house we bought back in June, right? So Shane's over, and, uh... <laughs> So he's there's a the corner of my house. He's like you know he's measuring and he said I said yeah it's this Dave big. is not handy. So he says to me you know you can get a 65 inch TV and this is gonna buy like a 40. And or I'm something. like what do you mean? I said it measures 60 inches. He said no they measure TVs diagonally. So the next thing you know we have a 65 inch TV in the corner which uh, it wasn't it wasn't that cheap but it, you know it wasn't 2300 bucks as I wanted. <laughs> So then we have the surround sound all done up. We don't right. mess around. You should have asked me. I have a 60-inch TV in a box that I've had in a box since I left Syracuse, New York, two and a half years ago. You just bought yours. <laughs> it's just sitting in a box at home. Did, Sorry. Did, yeah. Merry Christmas. Did you, get, did you get any Christmas presents? Uh, Bruce Springsteen stuff. That's, oh, I mean, when, when you got Bruce Springsteen you possibly involved. possibly want? Exactly. What, what, what else could there really be? Yeah. Duva yeah. gets on the plane after... Uh, so us three smart guys, we stayed in Vegas. Mm -hmm. We didn't go. We only had three days off. Yeah. Right. Dan I flew red eye on the 24th to Jersey, mm -hmm. and he gets on the plane on the 27th, the morning of the 27th. Yeah. And I look at him, and I could tell he was uh, not fresh as a daisy. He's as, young. Uh, as he normally is. I go, did you get any sleep? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> flew all the way to, to, to where'd you fly to? Ch into Newark. Into yep. Newark. Flew Newark. Newark. Swamps uh, of Jersey. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hopped in the car and then made the rounds all across the Garden State and then to Cousin Jimmy's house. Jimmy and Diane do a oh, great yeah. job hosting Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day at my parents' house and then uh, back to the West Coast on the 26th. Made it to Anaheim. And back. Nobody wants to see me bad <laughs> enough to have me red eye anywhere, no. anytime. <laughs> For your typical game after Christmas, which yeah. was not the best. Right, and that's the thing. I so, suppose it's uh, it's the players that we ought to be thinking about rather than the broadcasters yes. after the Christmas break. So thanks for asking. I got a turntable for Christmas. Oh, yes. I thought everybody would know by now. I thought that's list. been sent out citywide already. And you know now, Dan, you know this. You can hook them up to a Bluetooth. That's right. So, so more and more Springsteen. I broke out all my albums. That's well, right. not all of them. I have over 100, but I broke out the top 50. And they got some new, uh, some new ones on vinyl too. I, yes. I and we talked about this when new records come out. I actually buy the vinyl record because they yes. give you the download code, and then you've got the vinyl record. Those of us that have turntables, and then you get all the fancy packaging and stuff too. Yeah, it's fantastic. I bought Western Stars yesterday. There you go. Bruce's new. You've had, you Ooh. have that chain. Yeah, Bruce's new one. So. He's the boss. All right. Well, I'm glad we covered all that. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, and um, and uh, hopefully even a better New Year. So, yeah. uh, all right. Before we get to uh, before we talk hockey, look, well, this is kind of hockey related. Jonathan Marsh's autographed jersey. Uh, yes. Up for talk grabs. Belated Christmas. Okay, game. talk about it. So maybe if you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, or maybe this would be a nice gift for you or somebody else. So Give here's a, time. Yeah, however, whatever works for you. Here's how it's going to work. Um, so go on to, you have to go on to the iTunes. Is that right, Dan? If, I'm, if I have this correct, go on to the iTunes situation. That's right. And... Uh, post a comment on iTunes and rate our podcast. Once your comment has been posted, will it'll automatically be entered into the contest to win an autographed Jonathan Marcheseau jersey. Only one submission per iTunes account is allowed. One uh, contestant with the most creative or compelling comment will be chosen 
as our winner. So the contest going on, so it starts right now, and it's going to go until uh, 11 59 January 6th of 2020. January 6th. Yes, January okay. 6th, your deadline. So at a second before midnight, January 6th into the 7th, that's your deadline. Um, the winner will be contacted via iTunes associated with your username and profile. Um, so post your comment. Uh, Positive and put, bomb yeah, comment. And you'll get a signed Jonathan Marcy So Jersey. You can also email us. Did you know we, the, the podcast has our own email? <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> I didn't know this either. No. SLGNDpodcast at gmail.com. So there you go. And that's to see if you won. In yes. other words, you still have to post on yes. iTunes. But sometimes maybe you don't have the right email address with your iTunes account. And how would you know if you won? Right. You email that address afterwards to see if perhaps you won. But you still would have to leave your comment on right. iTunes. Here's the other thing, Dave. We got lawyers, make sure, the, by the way, we got lawyers you, at the VGK, don't we? Make sure yeah. you include Holy your moly. iTunes address in the email. That's right. Okay. Good, good call. Yep. Got to include there the go. iTunes address in the email. Do you guys get it all right now? You don't have everyone Probably confused? Probably not. Well, here's the other thing. Because you can't... Um, I'm confused. Well, that doesn't take a whole lot. <laughs> If you, uh, as you point out, Dave, you can only leave, you know, one iTunes account, but there's no rule saying that you can't create another account. There you go. Yeah, Skirt the rules. Dance I confirmed that information. I, I confirmed that there, there's no rule against that. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you can uh, have multiple. So accounts. Jonathan Marsh is so Jersey. Rate. Yeah. So go on iTunes, rate the podcast, post a review, a comment of the podcast. Hopefully a good one. Yeah, that's what it's we want. It's not just live. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't like it, make something up. But anyway, so you've got until this moment, or two moments ago, until 11.59.59, January 6th, all right? And then it's your chance to get a Jonathan March or so jersey. We'll mention this again, maybe in a much more uh, concise fashion when we get to this a little bit later on. But, all right, uh, so the homestand guys and the, the Golden Knights are here for a while. They don't play another road game until January 14th in Buffalo. Uh, they start off the homestand here last night uh, with a big win uh, over two nights ago, rather over Arizona, and Gerard Gallant has talked about this, and so have we, Shane. That they've had a very inconsistent season on home ice. After they were dominant the first two years, they were they were almost uh, unbeatable. You know, terrific atmosphere, which is still exists, the most electric atmosphere in the league. But no time like the present for this team to get on a roll, and it started with the win over the Coyotes for first place the other night. Well, it's time. It, you know, it was overdue for this team to come together. And I think we've seen them play some good games. And we were talking, they've they played against Calgary. They've played against Anaheim. Uh, they've had some dominant performances, but it's been very few uh, where we've seen collectively this team playing to their potential. Uh, and I think the game against Arizona was maybe, certainly to me, I think it was their most complete game with everyone going four lines rolling. Um, you know, not everybody needs to produce, but doing your job, the fourth line, they, you know, we know what they can do. Reeves and no security physical. I thought they, they were an opposing threat for Arizona. I think when they get that physicality to their game and it's not going to happen all the time, but I think that just sets them up to play more. Um, you know, every line was rolling. I thought it was just a complete game, but the energy was right. Uh, the mentality was right. So I think the big thing, and Max Pacioretty said this morning, he says it starts for skating with them. They're not skating. They're not going to have success. And that can go along for them to be physical. If you're not skating, you can't get to your hit. You're that half step behind. When you're that half step behind, you miss a pass. You're making plays. So now it's a matter, okay, fine. Now this is the, the consistent part comes in. 
Now it's time to roll. That type of game needs to build. This is this is like step one for me. Now they build off that game. That's something we need this team to do, see this team do on home ice that we haven't yet. It is just constantly, little by little, adding little you know details to their game as they go along here in the final six at home. They've won four out of five at home, by the way. Yeah. Not to be lost at all. No. This, but the stinker, you know, the, the, remember the Colorado game the night before, the two nights before Christmas. But but the body of work. Body of work at home. Not to, I yeah. mean, they're, well, they, if you throw in the overtime losses, they're 11 and 10 at home so far. If you look at the numbers, they're a middle-of-the-pack team right now. Points percentage has them at 10th in the NHL right now, 6th in the Western Conference. Now, they've played more games than everybody. Their goals for is uh, is pretty strong. Their goals against is near the bottom of okay. the, near the bottom of the league. Like they've got uh, some numbers that are that are troubling. And the, to me, when they switched, it's not to me. Someone a lot smarter about hockey than me, and not Shane. Someone else said to me when they switched their D zone coverage, they said they're back to training camp now. You you make this switch. And there's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be, everybody else has been playing a certain way since October. And this is November. And now they've made a switch. And there's going to be, you know, there's, they've been better since they made that switch. But Shane just said adding details to your game. I think now we saw that their game against Arizona to me was okay. When When we play this way with our structure and, and when we skate and when we hit, We've we can we can be a good team. We can be a dangerous team. So now, uh, to me, they're there now, and you're and it is time to go. It's time yeah. to time to put together you know a ten, twenty game stretch here where the record is elite, better than uh, you know middle of the pack, and that will if they can do that, they can win the Pacific. They can put themselves the Pacific isn't that good. They can put themselves in a really good position and and go into the playoffs on a real high note. But it is it's. They've played 41 games. We're halfway through here. It's the time for, you know, being in and out and kind of waffling, to borrow Dan's word, is over. It's time to get hot. Well, we've said, I think, and it said they've not played to their max potential no. yet. But last night's game, and I think I said this after the game when I was talking to Millard and Elliot, I said, to me, this, you look for it throughout the year and you hope it comes earlier. And maybe in all those first two games, but it's too early to get your game, but a template, a blueprint, whatever you yeah. want to call it for how you need to play. That game against Arizona for me is the first time yeah. they've kind of laid that foundation. And they, did it, they did it against a team that really plays with structure, yeah. which is like that's, you know, those, those Arizona, they, they play the same way consistently all the time and they're not super talented, but they, they beat that structure. That's a really good sign. Sorry, Dave. Ten, four, and two since they tweaked yeah. how they play, right? Yeah. And yeah, they benefit from look at the Pacific Division this year is not great. Um, Vancouver's coming on pretty strong. They've won five in a row. They're just two points behind the VGK. Vegas would be ten points back in the Central. They would be nine back in the Atlantic, eleven back in the Metro. But that's the way it goes. They're I not mean, in those divisions. They're not in those divisions. <laughs> and nope. you, you know, and and I guess the positive is. You know, they've been able to take some good steps forward. This month, they've been good. Month of December, by and large. But, boy, this homestand with six more to go, a great opportunity. For yeah, them. historically, they have been good this time of year. It was last season. They started a seven-game winning streak on the 27th of December. The year before, Dece- all of December was great. But an eight-game winning streak continued from this time into January. 
it's the other part of it with the homestand, Dave, and Gerard Glenn said this, and it's kind of, you'd like to hear this from the head coach and any player, uh, he expects to win every game on this homestand. There's going to be eight games on the road after this, um, and normally you hear Gerard Glenn talk about just game by one. game, one at a time, but that he would say he expects to win every game on this homestand. I think that tells you what you guys were just speaking to. It's time. And a part of that also is your best players stepping up. Um, two guys stand out for me. Uh, Mark Stone. Yeah. Uh, he had a terrific, terrific Dominant. Game. It's his Dominant. first two-goal game. Uh, this season, he had two in the playoffs for Vegas last year, but it's the first time he's had two goals in a regular season game for the Knights, and both of them were in the first period. He set the tone. Uh, the other player is Marc-Andre Fleury, who, uh, of course, has been named as the Golden Knights All-Star representative. We know the last two games for him were tough, and the numbers show. It gave up 12 goals in two games. And Malcolm Subban wasn't good the, the last game. Um, so that's three out of the previous four games. The goaltending was not there. Uh Marc-Andre Fleury looked back like himself uh, against the Coyotes the other day. So you throw in those two players, you throw in the home ice advantage, and then the special teams snap back to form. Technically, it was two power play goals. One of them was just, you know, power play, uh, four on four expiring. Stevenson gets technically a power play goal. But the penalty kill, Early. which had given up 11 power play goals in the previous 11 games, was five for five. And as you said, Shane, early on, that was a big part of it. Yeah, the double minor to Reeves. So, so two games in a row, they take a double minor in the first uh, in, in the game. No sex was uh, a little bit later in the game in Anaheim, the first game. Early second holidays, period. Early yeah. second. Reeves right off the bat the other night against Arizona. The difference being they were able to kill off the Reeves one. And you talked about on TV, Shane, and kind of highlighted just their ability to defend, stick position, layers, how impressed yeah. you were with what they did. Five for five on the penalty yeah, kill. Yeah, their penalty kill. You could, you could see it. They were quick. But but it goes, goes back to skating, right? Like good penalty kill, their ability to move, the quickness, their reads. It, it's... I always talk about quickness in a game. It's not only moving your feet. It's, it's the ability to think quick. And, and you could see that they moved in unison. It was a signal. You know, hockey's such a read and react game, especially penalty kill. You got to outwork. You know, you're down a man. You got to outwork him, number one. And you got to outthink him. And I, and I thought when one guy would go, the other guy was in the next position. The other guy, they just read off one another. They, they were quick in all areas of the game. And it showed in the end result. Golden Knights, uh, two uh, one down, six to go on this homestand. The other thing that's been noticeably different, guys, from is their ability to get offense from their defensemen, right? The first, I don't know, 30 games, roughly, they didn't get much. They were near, you had something on Lawless and Order. They still are near the bottom, but signs of improvement and taking a turn for the better yeah. as of late anyways. Yeah, they had, uh, I think they had 300, I don't remember the numbers just perfectly, but over 300 points as a team, and only 66 of those points had come from from the blue line, so it was a uh, uh, a small percentage. It's up to 69. Theodore had the three yeah. assists last game, and and obviously he's better than a point per game over his last eight. So by percentage, Gary, up to the minute, Vegas is 24th in the league in in points uh, from defensemen. Yeah. That is total points, and obviously they've played more games than anybody. So there you go. It is uh, it is up because they had been in the bottom three. By percentage, they are still 30th. Yeah. So, Nate Schmidt, two late goals the other night in Anaheim. How much of that chain is attributed to? I was just going to say you beat me. Yeah, to the change. The I, change. Think, I think they were playing man on man. I think they were tired. You spend so much time chasing your own end. By the time you got the puck out, you're going for a change. Now, their ability to cut it a little bit quicker, sort out the defensive zone, 
easier passes because guys are in position. You can break out quicker, transition. That allows you to get up in the play. And when you can get up in the play, not only does it help you offensively, but it improves your gaps. So now you're coming back. So now the forwards have energy. If that puck's turned over, you're gapped already up from the offense from the offensive zone through the neutral zone, and then the back pressure of the forwards. If you're forwards, the, you always talk about gap between you know a defenseman and the opposition, but it's also, to me, so important, the gap between me as a defenseman and my forwards pushing back, the ability to take away time and space because they're when they're backtracking, when they're angling, you squeeze that space, you take away time and space to the opposition in the neutral zone, you give them no room. And that's all about moving your feet. So that's the for- the D-man getting up in the play, and then that's the forward's ability to get back in the play. And that en- enables the defenseman to be, if there's a guy right behind... Quick turnovers, transition, it, you're right there. The guy's got the puck, and we and Vegas has a forward behind him and a defenseman in front of him. If that def- the forward kind of cuts off where he can go, yeah. that allows the defenseman yep. to be aggressive at the Every, everything and 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 man up on him right there. Well, think of this team when when they were successful, and I hate referring to re- year one, but we have to. They were yeah. they were the best That's transition the team in the league. The ability to take turnovers, turn it around quick, and when you do that, you want to have that second wave of attack. You want to have your defenseman active. Well, now they're back to that because their ability to close it off. And I think a lot of that did start with them not tiring themselves out defending. Interesting that Gerard Gallant, what's, he used the word stubborn. Yeah. Right? He said, sometime it's stubborn me, but... Well, they had, look at the success right. as a coach but he had with that. Right. The first two years, they play man-to-man. Um, you know, lights out the first year. You know, primed to make a good run last year before everything that happened. <laughs> Debacle. Happened before, yeah, exactly. Um but, you know, he said they even kicked it around mentally in the summer. Yeah. When the coaches get together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We might have to change how we play. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got lemonade, lemons make lemonade. And that's that's kind of what they, they're not as quick as they were in the past. The, the one factor here is, and why Gerard Gallant would be stubborn is, it's on him. Right? Like, the head coach is the first to go. If it doesn't work out, he's the guy that gets fired. And you have to coach the way you have to coach the game that you understand. Someone said to me recently, the NHL is not a place for experimentation. And it, it's hard. It would be hard for Glant to the way he's done everything for a long time to switch in the middle of a season. What if it goes wrong? What if it doesn't work? It's like it's an it was an experiment. Now every other team in the league plays that way. But, just he, about. He, but you mentioned that he's a coach who's had success yes, at yeah, all levels yeah, with it. Yeah. So it, w- it wouldn't have been easy for him to make that switch, but uh, apparently uh, it's been pretty effective. Would it be a challenge to sell the team on it, to sell the no. players on it, especially the guys that have been here for the first two years? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think certain players uh, maybe welcomed it. You know, maybe there was a few. You, could have been a divide, but I think I think they got them all to buy in pretty quickly. I think I think they were willing to to make a little bit of a tweak. Uh, Derek Anglin said he likes it, you know, and he would. I, I would. I played both in my career. I prefer zone. That's just me. I only did man on man briefly, but I think you know. And in this league, you mentioned in the summer they look at it. Well, all coaches do. They watch who has success the year before. What are they doing? And then you look at it, you take your ideas, and you're always looking for an edge. You don't want to do exactly that, but you, and then it's, you know, you got to look at your personnel, see what you have. What can you do to be the best? Coaches are constantly, they, they evaluate after every game and look at ways to be better. Interesting, Shane, that, you know, you kind of touched on this at some point. I can't remember if it was in this forum or on TV, that Barry Trotz, they played 
man to man a long time, right? And that's they, where I played man to man was in Nashville trucks. And they did it with the Capitals. Yeah. And about a month before the end of the season, two years ago, they switched how they played. Yeah. More to a hybrid. And ended up, uh, if Worked my memory's correct, well. they, 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 they won the Stanley Cup <laughs> yeah. that year. Um, so, but, and he, how long had he coached in the NHL right. with man on man? Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it takes a. But coaches are always trying to find that edge. And, uh, you know, I think this has worked out well for the Golden Knights. And as Gary said, it, it, it's a process or process, however you want whatever to say Whatever you want, however, whatever uh, language well, you want Canadians on this side of the table, English Americans over language, there. Uh, whatever it is. But it, it takes time. And I think it was a good point that, yeah, maybe now we're seeing them really grasp this. And now it's time for them to put it all together. How would they go about doing it, Shane? Video, on ice, they, a little oh, bit of both? Practice, video. Yeah. Uh, players, you know, you're used to video, you've seen that yeah. and watching it. I, I think it's an easier adjustment to, to switch. It would be harder to switch zone to man on man than vice versa. And with the time that they're going to have at home, if there's any tweaking to be yeah. done to work it out now, Gerard Gallant mentioned it in our pregame interview the other day. They've had a lot of travel in the last month, plus the, the holiday break. Yeah. And now when you've got seven consecutive home games, that means a lot of time to practice without having to be on a plane or you know, worrying about morning skates or canceling morning skates because you got back-to-back. -back. And that could be something to keep in mind, too. Well, and I think the big thing is communication on the ice because you got to read it, right? You're doing a lot of switches. You're doing a lot of pass-offs. You're not, whereas man-on-man, -man, you grab a guy and that's your guy. Zone is, you know, you're okay. I'm at the uh, the right point. The guy's gonna so there's gonna be a switch up top. Why do I need to switch? I'll just let them run into the other guy. So you're calling switch, or you know, there there areas there. So communication and reads are very important. How about for a rookie in Nick Hague? Most of the guys that we're talking about have been around. We're talking 200 plus games. But How he, about for Nick Hague, who's 25, 30 games into his career? But I'm willing to say all these guys at some point in their career have played all systems. He, he played zone in uh, so yeah, played yeah. zone in Chicago. And I'm thinking and about. He told me he got when he got sent down the one time, his first couple of shifts in one game, he's playing man, and he gets to the bench, and Rocky's like, "What are you doing?" Well, we play man in Vegas. Well, this isn't Vegas. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and I bring it up because he was a healthy scratch the last game. You know, he missed a little time, you know, injury, stuff like that yeah. happens. But, you know, there's a, a battle for who's going to be in the lineup on a day-to-day -day basis. And Nick had not been a healthy scratch in a while. And I never think it's a bad thing for those young players to miss a game or two or whatever it is to watch. That's why I bring it up. I think it is, it is valuable for them to sit up top. The game slows down. You can say, okay, you know, Cody Glass talked about it when he was at Atlanta. Well, you know, he watched certain guys and he said he learned that, you know what, there's areas where he can be more patient with the puck. There's areas where he needs to make that decision a little quicker. So that's great for young players to be able, not only to be, well, they won't think it's great to be out, but when they are, to, to soak in information, to be a sponge and try and learn as much as they can. Nothing wrong with a quick reminder that uh, nothing's given. At yeah, all. absolutely. <laughs> Big believer. 20 years that. old. Exactly. Yeah. The Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave Podcast, hashtag SLGND, coming to you from the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights, and also brought to you by the Finlo Finley Auto Group. Great people at Lincoln Acura, Jaguar, and Chevrolet. Uh, guys, they're halfway through the season, just past the halfway point. Game 43 coming up tomorrow. Their third line moving forward. Um, they've had limited production. You know, Paul Stastny scores the last game to get to 10 on the year. Um, Alex Tuck has been, you know, kind of in and out of it. Hasn't scored in 11 games, I think, now. Cody Glass missed some time with injury. Good news is Cody Eakin back skating with the team. I guess skating on his own, skated after practice today. Um, 
on the level of importance as they move forward to get that line sorted out. They got for me. They got oh, two point. things to do. They got to fix that line, and they got to figure out if they're going to add a defenseman, a puck yeah. moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, the uh, thing with that line, and I agree, it needs to be better. But in all fairness to them, it has been a revolving door. Yep. You you look mm-hmm. at the other. You know, there's been consistency throughout. You know, the fourth line has pretty much been set. The Carlson line's been set. Well, Patch Ready Stone, not as much, but Stevenson's come in there, and it's going to be interesting what they do with that. Uh, going forward. So, you know, we've seen Glass, Zekov, you know, Tuck, we've seen Carrier, Stashney, we've seen Eakin, like that third line is, is a big cast of characters. So uh, there needs to be some stability there, but they've got to earn that. Whatever group it is, has got to, got to get that. Well, when we last had the podcast, could any of us have imagined that Chandler Stevenson would be playing regularly as the second line center <laughs> and producing the way that he has? Seven points since coming to the Golden Knights. I didn't Knights, say that last podcast. Plus uh, yeah, <laughs> twelve. I don't think you know, uh, he's, they're not just pl- plucking him off that line. It will have no. to be play related. He'll have to. You know, he'll have to regress quite a bit before Gerard Lamp will say, well, uh, this isn't working. Those two wingers have a lot of say. They're yeah. not going to say, you know, whoa, whoa, That's whoa. That's just helps, right? Yeah, they're well, he's quite got his, content. He's got as many points with the Golden Knights as Cody Eakin has this year. And they he, both have seven points. And he's year. become an excellent, uh, you know, penalty killer partner with Mark Stone. Yeah. yeah. Four goals, seven points, 12 games. Somebody that, you know, we, we've kind of touched on this, I think, when he was in Washington and uh, we spent some time... Uh, Especially you and Gary were with uh, Jay Beagle the other day when we were in Vancouver, Dan. Yeah. And Beagle was telling you guys, you know, because he played with him. On the, it was him, Wilson, Tom Wilson, and uh, Stevenson. Right. He knew how good Stevenson was. <laughs> didn't want to tell him. He didn't want to tell the, the coach. Yeah. He's taking him off my line. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, when, when I asked Jay about him, he, he was like unsung hero. You know, they, yeah. they took Tom Wilson off my line. I didn't want to lose Chandler Stevenson. And I talked to Chandler about Jay Beagle and was just raving about him. You could see that there's, um, you know, a mutual appreciation there. But I asked Max Pacioretty about, like, what did you not know about this guy? He's like, he's not only fast, he's strong, too. That's the one thing I noticed. He is, he's, he's like, built thick and he's strong on the puck. Um, he, he, but everything about him just fits the, you know, we haven't used the term well, like golden misfits. Like he, he's that guy that was yeah. looking and waiting for that opportunity. Yeah. The one, another one they plucked out of there credit to, you know, George McPhee and Kelly McCrim and their ability to, you know, to see these guys, to see where their ceiling can be and, and you know, make the acquisition just real, real good fight. A lot of people, you know, more and more people talk around the league. We're surprised how they got him so easily. Yeah, well, Jimmy McKenzie or Vaughn Carpin, yeah, Kelly Kissio, those names guys. All, yeah, yeah. They they scouting, have, yeah, absolutely. They would have been watching. And and then uh, I would go even a step farther. Andrew Lagerner uh, would be looking at, at teams' caps and saying, they're gonna hit. They're gonna hit a snag here pretty soon because you can watch. You know, as time goes on and guys get healthy, you can kind of figure out this guy's gonna be. This is this guy's not fitting in there anymore. Do we like him? And then they would target him and watch him even closer. It's an interesting process. All those layers of management all working together, hand in glove. You mentioned Jim McKenzie. I talked to him when we were in St. Louis and following the team on that trip, and he said that Chandler Stevenson had to reinvent his game. I had said to Jim, this is not the guy I saw playing for the Hershey Bears in the American League. And Nate Schmidt and he would have been in the same organization at the same time. He figured out what are his strongest traits and put them to the forefront. And we talk about it, the speed and the strength. And 
by the way, he had zero power play points in his NHL career, and now he's got two with the Golden Knights, <laughs> a power play goal and a power play assist in just limited time with Vegas. He's been a terrific addition uh, for this Golden Knights team, and right where they needed one, you know, they, and they lost two centers, right? They lost Eakin, they lost Glass. He jumps right in, plays on the fourth line, plays on the third line, moves up to the second line. He's been as advertised, right? And, and, Versatility, ability to play on different lines and different positions. And Pacioretty and Stone have done very well with him. You know, it's it's not just Stevenson himself. It's the guys and who Gary are said, on the, the ice The speed up him. the middle helps those two players. Yeah. No question. Gary, you mentioned earlier, um, so the Stevenson trade has been a home run so far. Are they going to be able to try to supplement that defense score between now and third week of February at the deadline? Well, absolutely. It, it just I think they've done, you know, a lot of salary cap shuffling to kind of to buy themselves some space, and they they've kind of you know they've got the assets. They're still in a surplus uh, situation with draft picks. Not to mention, they've got too many centers now. Yeah, you know, right. and uh, that will be. And I'm not trading anybody off this roster. Not me, but yeah, that's that's what GMs do. They look to fill a hole without digging another one, right? You know, and if you have it's pretty simple. They have a surplus of defensive prospects that aren't ready to play in the NHL, and they have a surplus of centers that are that are all NHL, NHL caliber. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it, it'll be fascinating. The guy that makes the most sense to me, contract aside, is is Duncan Keith. Like you just would love to have him uh, on your team. The problem is he has. This yeah. year and three more at five point one million dollars, and I think he's thirty eight. Thirty. I don't think he's that not old. No. How old is he? Uh, I'll I'll check for you real quick, Gary. Hang on. Thirty seven. Thirty six, thirty seven. He's in that oh, area. Yeah. That's the only thing that that's the one concern. Uh, so he, yeah, he, like you, you don't. He's thirty six. Thirty six. Okay. So so you so turned thirty six in July. Yeah. But can still play. Right, right now, yeah. And that defense yeah. core was Seabrook and DeHaan done for the year. Yeah, he's had some injuries. So it's, uh, you know, when he's healthy, like, and just like, you know, listen, you're not getting Duncan Keith of five years ago, the guy that was, you know, no. winning the Stanley Cup and the Norris in the same year, right? That's not. Yeah, well, the Conn Smythe, nice. 2015. That's not the player that's arriving, but he's got, this is what I love about him. He can move the puck. He's really good defensively, and he plays with bite. And he knows how to win. Well, there's yeah. that too. There's that too. He's got uh, he's got some Stanley Cups. He's got some uh, Olympic golds. And you, as you say, Gary, straight across the board, the next three years, five and a half million. Right? Yeah. So that's the hit. He's he's pretty durable too. I mean, he hasn't missed a game the last. He's missed two games the last three years. You know what's funny about it? And I know it doesn't really matter because the cap hits all that matters. The real money is it, it's 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 nothing. It's two point six next yeah. year. Two point one the year after a million and a half. Yeah, it's twenty two, twenty three. Kevin Shoveldayoff did that contract when he was the assistant GM with the Chicago Blackhawks. It's, I believe, it's the last backdiving contract that was signed. Yeah. Thirteen what, years, seventy two yeah. million. But you're yeah. right. All of it was front. You know, eight, 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 seven point six. All of it was. Again, not holding any bake sales for him, but he's done just fine. He's made almost seventy million bucks in his career. And then, of course, the other part of it is right now. You know, we're talking about Nick Hague being a healthy scratch. Um, you know, it's you're talking about adding a defenseman. You know, we know how loyal Gerard Gallant is, yep. and how hard it can be to yeah. take a guy out just to put another guy in. You know, we. 
just because he's on the roster, it's another thing to get a guy into the lineup. But all of this said, that's why this, this homestand, what they do with it, yeah, is a, yeah. like you, you've got to earn a big acquisition. Gary's talked about that a lot, and you talk about uh, about the St. Louis Blues. Like Jay, Jay Boomister was uh, on the scrap heap, right? He, oh, he's no good. He can't play anymore. Well, there he was, right? right? You know, and uh, that what Shane said. He knows how to win. I don't think it would hurt to have uh, a guy with that pedigree uh, hanging around. And to your point, though, like they, they, you know, Doug Armstrong last year, the Blues GM basically told that team at, when they were dead last, it's, if it's up you, to you. You guys, it's up to you. Know, if you guys force my hand, I'll it, break you up. You're gonna. Some of your buddies here are gonna go. How about the Blues though? It's all they think about it. They, they, Tarasenko could come right. back and for playoffs for them. Yeah, <sighs> and they've won eight in a row. Eight in a as row. We sit here right yeah. now. Yeah, number one in the Western Conference. Number one in the West. Number two in the NHL. Only a point behind yeah. uh, the Capitals. So much Brayden, for the Cup hangover. I was chatting with Braden Shen <laughs> when we were last in St. Louis, and he said to me, "Will we come to the rink and we expect to win?" He said, "Now that we've done it." Actually, it wasn't Braden Chen. No, it was Braden Ryan Chen. O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly said the same thing. Yeah, no, you're right. It was Ryan O'Reilly. He said, "I come to the we come to the rink and we expect to win," and uh, he also said that it's uh, Craig Berube has been uh, the perfect fit for their group. He, he said, "You know, when we deserve to get yelled at, we get yelled at, but it's he really understands us and and what it takes to play in the league and and all of those things." It's interesting. I think it's funny. I see Berube coach. I think he took a lot of stuff. From Gallant, yep. and I think the same thing with Talkit. Like yeah. I look at those three guys, I think they're very similar in how their approach is to their players, how they coach, how they run their teams. Like you think of what Talkit's done with Arizona, you look yeah. at what Bruby did with St. Louis, and a lot. You look at what Gerard Gallant did with this team year one and year two and now, but specifically year one, a lot of coaches we talked about watching. They watched him. And I'll add to that, Shane, and say that when I asked Gerard Gallant before each game about the opponent and sort of a scouting report, what do you think the keys are? The coaches that he brings up unsolicited are those two, Barube and Tockett. I don't even bring up the coach. Yeah. He brings them yeah. up. So you know that tells you something. There's a story that goes around Philadelphia that just before Rick Tockett got traded to Pittsburgh, Mike Keenan was... Uh, working him over pretty good in the dressing room. And he just stood up and said a very bad word to Mike Keenan and uh, and basically kind of glared Keenan out of the room. And it was kind of like, you know, we you could tell about Tokic when he, when he was asked about all this coaching stuff going on recently this year, he said, it's, it's not a dictatorship, it's a partnership. He, I, I, you know, he didn't coach that way, I don't think, at all. The way the kind of the, the head the head games guys did at a certain point in time, and that's I don't think Burby does doesn't do that, and certainly Glant doesn't do it either. All right, so we've got. I want to ask you one more team question before we have a mailbag coming up, um, yes. which we'll get to your questions, and also um, I'm going to tell you in a second as well how you can win a Jonathan Marchessault autograph jersey between now and January sixth. Uh, the team question would be this, guys: We spent significant time talking about the, the Golden Knights goaltending tandem on this podcast are we convinced now that with the it, was it a one-off from Malcolm Subban the game against Anaheim the first one after the holidays are we convinced are we comfortable with that they have a reliable tandem again with him and Marc-Andre Fleury where do you where do you come down on that I it it, it is what it is I think he's going to continue 
we've seen growth from him. I, I think that's the big thing for me. I think I've either take this, you know, it was out of the break, the Anaheim game, not good for Malcolm Subban. But before that, you know, to be honest, he, you know, Flurry had a couple bad games and Subban was the one who's, yeah. you know, steady. So he's still going to have those type of games. But I think as long as he continues to have more, the, the good ones outweigh the bad ones. That, that's what you want. He's been able to come in and give some wins. I think his confidence has grown. Uh, I think this is the pair you're going to see. 6-2-1 and one since 0-4-2 for him to start the yeah. year. And he was great in San Jose. Yeah, really good. Terrific. That was, terrific. to me, one of his most important performances. You, you know what he was, the thing I like about it, it, he was great, but it was kind of a little bit undercover how good he was because he was he was in control. That We haven't seen a lot of that overextend push because he's so athletic. Like off the charts athleticism from Subban for a goaltender, and he can. I think sometimes he can just push himself out of position. But he looked so in control in that San Jose game. The game, the, the Anaheim game, the first one after Christmas is probably the first time in a month, right? That you looked at, but nobody it was said, good. I, I I didn't like the team you know? in front of him. I don't think it was a right. sloppy game, yeah. both sides of the ice. It's now three years in a row they have had a game. Right before the last date, before the NHL shuts down, and the first day yeah. after the I, I don't like it. Yeah. We'd like to, for all of our purposes, change that next year. <laughs> be great. I'd like a little bit more of an extended... I could use another year day. to celebrate Christmas or two. All right, here's how you can win the Jonathan Marshall autographed jersey. Uh, go on iTunes, rate the podcast. Then, once your, once your comment is posted, write, write a review on the podcast, okay? Uh, automatically, you'll be entered to win... This Jonathan Marchessault autographed jersey between now and 11.59.59 p.m. January 6th. Only one submission per iTunes account. One contestant with the most creative or compelling comment on the podcast. You will be chosen as our winner. If you want to check in and see whether you've won or not, you can always send us an email. slgndpodcast at gmail.com. slgndpodcast at gmail.com. But... The winner will be contacted via the uh, via iTunes associated with your username and profile uh, used to uh, to send your comment on the podcast. So basically, go on to iTunes, rate and send a comment about the podcast, the most compelling one. Hopefully, it'll be favorable. But you know what? It's not a perfect world out there. <laughs> but hopefully, it's favorable. And you'll have a chance to win a Jonathan Marcheseau autographed jersey. Have to get it in by a second before midnight on January 6th. So that's how we are going to do the uh Jonathan Marshall so autographed jersey. Mailbag time. Uh, sure. Dan, you let's get to it, Dan. Dialed yeah, up from the people. We got some uh, good ones. What do, they, what do they want to know? Yeah, well, we've been talking about the homestand. This is the longest homestand of the year. They're one game in. They started. Gerard Gallant says he expects the team to win every game on the homestand. Here is the question, though, from Lorenzo Valdez. Do you think the VGK will string together wins on this long homestand and add space between them and the Coyotes? So we've talked about what they need to do. Will they, Shane Knighty? I think they will. I, I think this is a, they, because of what we saw in that game. And I certainly hope I'm right on this. But to me, this is this is a time. And I think they recognize in that room this opportunity because then they're not at home for a month. You need to grab hold of this chance here to put some space, take advantage of home ice. And I think they will. Yeah, I, you know, before the Anna, before the, the the Arizona game, Mark Stone in the dressing room that morning was. He was accessible, but he wasn't his affable self. He, there was a little bit of a bite to him that morning. And I'm not sure that the, that the leadership group hasn't said something 
you know, amongst themselves. That, that the, the way they played against Colorado and Anaheim before and after the break wasn't acceptable, wasn't up to their standard, and they needed to they needed to be better. And I, what I saw against Arizona was really encouraging. I think they roll. I don't think they're going to – I'm not sure they're going to win all seven, but uh, I think they go on a little nice little roll here. On their previous – so they've had two seven-gamers in year one. They went five and two. And six and one. Six and one would be nice. Six and one was right out of the gates, right? That was. I think five yeah. and two is the bare minimum. Yeah, I and you know, so let's. I agree, Shane. So here's who's on the homestand: Arizona already in the books will win. Anaheim tomorrow. They better win that. They one. should win, right? They better paste them. Um, Philadelphia. I don't know. Flyers have been. You know, they you went know, to San Jose and got smoked six to one. They came back and beat Anaheim the next night. Um, get out their hands full of the Blues. St. Louis here on January the fourth. Um, I can tell you something. They the were, Blues yeah, are yeah. ready for a bit of yeah, a slide. Yeah, and they were done in by a poor second period in the game in St. Yeah, Louis, right? right? First period mm-hmm. good, third period good, second period it got away, and they end up they end up losing. Penguins, um, who knows? They lost in Pittsburgh earlier this year. Still no Cros- is Crosby. Crosby's back for them. Crosby's Crosby. Didn't back? they win in Pittsburgh earlier this year? Did they win? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a oh, 29 on, save shutout by uh, somebody who I think is always motivated year? to play. So they won in Pittsburgh 3 nothing this year oh, on a 29 boy. save shutout by number 29. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Philadelphia and lost for That's one right. Oh, one boy. Time. I tell you, this is what I got to work yeah. with, guys. And then they play the Kings, who they should beat in the, in the Blue Jackets. Uh, if you haven't seen John Tortorella's postgame press That's conference from last night. When we start relying on my memory, we are in big trouble. Who are they playing tomorrow? <laughs> but anyway, that's the homestand. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh earlier this year, and uh, I like five and two. I like five and two on the homestand. I like six and one. Uh, okay, six and one. yeah. Dan, one, seven s- and oh? Why not seven? There we <laughs> go, Dad. Out of boy. I'm going seven. Why not? I I, uh, I don't normally make predictions, but I like the the nice sound of a seven and okay. zero homestand. What's next? Well, my seven and eleven's been coming up sixes and nine. There, there you go. go. Good song there. <laughs> I, I I was gonna go with the Springsteen question oh, later, geez. so save Can save that. that one. I'd like to see comments on how much we should cut out the Bruce Springsteen oh, comments. Well, it's as long as you're truly is hip. pushing the buttons. All right, here's one from James Holland. James asks, how how likely is it to see more of Cody the Kid, meaning Cody Glass, at center? While VGKD 2.0 looks great, is there a possible D-man to look at before the deadline? We already covered the defenseman side of it, but how about Cody Glass, who's now had two games back after missing eight? I think we can all agree his second game was much better than yeah. his yeah. first, but with all of the centers, um, what for is the likelihood? Season, for this season, uh, he's going to be a winger. Uh, you know, unless you know, Amari injuries, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe he moves into that second line at some point. We'll see. You know what? They're they're trying everything with Cody. Just like the power play now, they're using him on the half ball on his strong side, and we haven't really seen him do much yet, but that's where he's played his whole junior career. That's where he played last year for Team Canada and World Juniors uh, Championships. So he's comfortable in that area. Him playing the net front where he was very good and kind of off to the side, that's new to him, and he saw he just... I'm I'm very interested to see him kind of that half wall. So you're going to see Cody Glenn. That's a young player. You you want him to to learn the league, and then you start putting him maybe in positions where he can find a little more success. The one thing, the one part of the game that he hasn't mastered on the wing is is the wall game. No, but I, I love it because it it's going to teach him. You know, you got you got to yeah. have some grit. You got yeah, because you know, there's some boys that, that are becoming the, the deep pinches coming, and you, you've got to make that move there. He uh, and he doesn't shy away from he it. Doesn't That's shy what away. I, I've been really impressed with that, and he's just going to grow and get stronger, exactly. right? Yeah. You know, and past this year, who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I think eventually he's going to be he's going to be a top centerman for this team. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking, you mentioned uh, the World Juniors. Here's a question having to do with the international game. And this is from Solid Pieces, who asks, what are your thoughts on bringing back World Cup or hockey and or hockey in the Olympics? Talks about organizations don't want players to get injured and so on. The NHL schedule is complicated and Solid Pieces wishes cheers to the new year. Let's go to our insider who's buddies with, uh, what's his name? Lawman. Gary Batman. the commissioner on the phone. <laughs> they, uh, I think they, they just kind of said they wouldn't be able to do it for 2022. They didn't have enough time to to get it organized. It's all of this is dependent on the next collective bargaining agreement. It'll be uh, it'll be negotiated in or out in some fashion. But until they have that that document signed and an extension, there will be not there won't be any uh, international hockey. Yeah, player players. I don't think the World Cup's a big thing, but players want to sure. play in the Olympics. Yeah. That's the one thing. Players and that's want. Gary Bettman is you know it's really hard on the league. To send their players away yeah. at that time of the year, the International Olympic Committee does not give them. You know they can't they can't use any of the clips from that. They can't you know, they can't market anything that happens. Money there. and they ran into money. issues. And I you know better than me, Gary. Last time around though, there were insurance questions. Who paid for who's going to yeah, pay for the players' for sure. insurance, oh, yeah. travel expenses, um, and, guys, and the other like if you're so oh, if you're yeah. you're Bill Foley, and your team is in first place in February, and you know, Mark Stone and whoever else, you know, Carlson, uh, Pacioretty, all of these guys go to off their different countries, and one of them comes back hobbled and and can't play the rest of the year, and you miss out on winning a Stanley Cup. The, the fact that one of your guys got to win a gold medal for his country, that, uh, for, for an owner? Well, well and we've seen know. it, Gary, like John Tavares, when he's still the Islanders, got hurt for Canada, yep. right? And and was not the, the rest of the year was not the same. Dominic Hasek, this is a long time ago, playing yep. for the Czech Republic, got hurt early in the Olympics. He was done. Zetterberg got hurt for Zetterberg. Sweden over in 2014. And the other, the other issue is, is that there's, you know, I know the NBA guys that, you know, they play in the Olympics. They still, they still do that in the NBA, send guys to the Summer Olympics. I'm pretty sure. I think they so, still yeah. Do. yeah. It's in the off season. Yeah. There's no other league in the world that shuts itself down for three weeks in the peak no. of the season. So that's, you know, but I love it because you've got all the best players oh, in the world I, yeah. in one As a tournament. fan, you love it. Oh, it's Absolutely. great to watch. I, but I, I do get the yeah. other. And, and, if, and if they're not going to come back to that, and I agree with you, Shane, the World Cup's not the Olympics. But you'd love to find a way. Maybe they should move hockey to the Summer Olympics. <laughs> it's been discussed. Well, that's yeah, I mean, like, what you do with basketball. Yeah. yeah. Basketball yeah. is a, is a sport. winter sport, yeah. but they play right. the tournament yeah. with the Summer Olympics. I bet you the ice would be really good in, in Athens in August. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, with the, everything they can do, you can you have ice anywhere. But I, I just hope there's a way. And may, if it's not the Olympics, then okay. But can there be a way? Maybe the World Cup is the next best thing to find a way to get the best players in the world all in one tournament. Yeah. Well, when they played the Canada Cup before it became the World Cup, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Who, right? who won that in 87? Canada. No, oh, that's right. Yes. Mm. It was a, a Gretzky to Lemieux, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, is correct. There you go. Cops Coliseum, Hamilton, Ontario. That's right. And continues. I, thank you. Hi, man. What Western <laughs> Conference teams do you think will them. make the playoffs? That question comes from at JakeVGKATL. Which Western Conference teams do you think will make the playoffs? Well, right now, St. Louis is about the only safe team. I would I mean, put them in. They'll make it. I think Colorado. I think So here, I think, I think we're going to see five Central and three Pacific. Uh, so... And the Golden the Knights, teams? I think, are going to be a playoff team. I think Colorado's going to be a playoff team. I think St. Louis. Um, is you know, it the three teams, Shane, that are that are in the top three in the Pacific now? Vegas, Vancouver, and Arizona? Is Calgary not going to Calgary, Edmonton, like, 
Yeah. Edmonton is really starting to slide, like, right? You know, yep. it'll be yeah. interesting. Two, Ken seven, and one there. in the last ten. I mean, right? you yeah. Look at the, even then you look at the central. Like you look at you know the guy. I think St. Louis and Colorado. I think Colorado is too good. But then you know you've got all those other teams: Winnipeg, Dallas, Minnesota's coming. Where's Nashville? Like Nashville is sixth in the in the yeah. uh, central division. I tend to think, and just by virtue of looking at it, it could be four and four. Like it, it, you know, would it be? So you've got the top three in the oh, Central yeah, right be. now. St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas. Past yeah. that, Minnesota, like, I don't know if they're going to, you know, they, I know they made a I hope push. Not. Nashville? <laughs> no. I don't know. Minnesota's right? games are boring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Very non I played there. Love it. And yeah. it's done well against play, Vegas yeah. historically. So Obviously, I'll, Vegas beat yeah. it recently, but. I'll say four and four. Four from the Pacific and four from the uh, Central. Okay. There you go. Five and three. From, From the, the central? central for the lawman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I. I. You know. You wonder, especially after the change in Calgary, if it. You were talking earlier about training camp, and obviously we saw it took some time in St. Louis last year after the coaching change, and eventually things snap into gear. I know it's a very different situation, but can Calgary? I mean, Calgary was the Western Conference champ. They they were the best team in the Western I, I Conference last on. year. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up at four and four. Um, you know, Vancouver. Is, is Vancouver for real? They've got a young team. You know, they could be in first place by themselves um, come the January 3rd cutoff for who gets to be the Pacific Division head coach. Could happen. Could happen. All right. There's uh, the division and conference breakdown. I'll get a couple of quick ones in here uh, as well. Um, and uh, let's see here. We've got a couple of more questions. Uh, how about this? The Golden Knights had a question uh, for me, actually. Uh, which I, I'm the not Golden sure. Knights hockey team? The, the Golden Knights. Would you work for them? Yeah, I don't know okay. how that happened. The, the Golden Knights ask, uh, we'd like to know about Dan Duva's Christmas. Uh, we covered that. We, 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 we covered did. that early. Yeah. We did, but uh, just chiming in uh, was the voice of the Reading Royals, who's David Fine, who uh, follows up on the Golden Knights question and wants to know, how many times was Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen in the loop at the house during Christmas? Uh, you know what? I don't know that it was played at the house during Christmas. We had a lot of Bing Crosby, but it was played on one of the bus rides oh, good during the dad's trip. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that was what happens story. on the bus stays on the bus. <laughs> by the way, we want to thank uh, Bill Foley for inviting us four schmucks out to uh, yeah. the Foley Sonoma, the whole thing. Because that was part what of the spot. dad's trip. Yeah, oh. it was if uh, it was just got a chance. Fantastic, but yeah, we, we were. Uh, it was great for us to be uh, just uh, aboard for that journey up to Sonoma. There you go. So that's it. That's all I've that's got it. from uh, the mailbag. We appreciate awesome. all the questions. Next time around, hashtag SLGND, mm-hmm. and uh, we can try to get your questions. We're giving out everybody jersey. tweeted. Yeah, we're giving yeah, out a jersey again. You get a chance here. Go on to iTunes, uh, rate and our podcast, then send a comment, and the most compelling one between now and. 11.59, p.m. January 6th is going to win a Jonathan Marsh or so autographed jersey. My one final question is, not really a question, but a comment. So Marc-Andre Fleury was asked about New Year's resolutions today. <laughs> he says, he goes, no, he goes, hey, I'm not good at that. He goes, what did he say? I get tired of lying to myself. <laughs> I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And he goes, he basically said, I suck at it. You know? Yes. So uh, are you guys in that same boat? Do you suck at the New Year's resolutions? Or do you? Uh, oh, so you I'm, set them January first really at the diet I stick then, to every year. <laughs> <laughs> set it January first by January fifth, it's all gone down the drain. Yeah, I uh, you know I don't know that I can think of too many resolutions I set for myself at New Year's. Maybe other times of year, it's hard to get on a resolution yeah, in the middle I, of hockey season. Yep. I had a buddy, a guy that uh, uh, I think we we shared an apartment in uh, in Thunder Bay, and he wouldn't. His resolution wasn't to give up something. It was to add something. 
So I resolve to be nicer or help, help someone across the street or whatever. You can be nicer. Chain. Oh God! That could be your resolution. That could be one of my resolutions. Yeah, <laughs> I softer sheriff in the new year. Softer. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't know. I was thinking of uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't well, know. you know, I mean, like you said, you make things. I, I I cut back on beer and red wine and up vodka. You think, <laughs> like you said, but that doesn't. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> That's an improvement. But just because you're resolved to do something doesn't mean it has to be a positive. But thing. then you can fill it in with something else. That's yeah, right. You gotta have yeah. some vices. I don't need to change anything. I think I'm you fine. good, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave, Dave. There's a shock. Dave thinks. Believe he's... me, there's a lot of people that would disagree with that self. What does Mrs. Gosher have to say? Oh, but I can't believe this. Can't say it on a podcast. I can't believe we can get all four heads in here. Oh, Actually, you know what I was thinking when you did the intro today. Our th- theme song. Uh-huh. We'll have to call up your buddy Billy Joel and ask him if uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant. That bottle of red, bottle of white, the, the piano when it when it goes to the second riff when it kind of picks up. That would be great lead-in music for us. The ballad of Brenda and Eddie. I, I yeah. think we could do that. We might have to get Mr. Joel's approval. We would and, <laughs> and actual bottles of uh, red and bottles. Since we have music there, the people table. can comment, send in what you think our theme song should be. There you go, yeah. and then uh, we'll see so- if we can afford it. Aren't we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, send him, pay, we'll send him pay a Mercer the right jersey. Yeah. Aren't we? Isn't there? And I know it's kind of a work in progress. Do we have a new logo situation? There's a new for the logo podcast? coming, and, uh, okay. and 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 you'll be happy to hear, Dave, that your name is featured very prominently. Dave in big letters, <laughs> and everyone else in like two point font. Shane and Gary roll their eyes. Can we get? Uh, and the last thing I'll say is, can we get some garb? Can we get some swag? Well, it's all made it's up. all in the works. They've been working. Maybe that could be logos. the new resolution for the podcast. There you go. Some we could sell T-shirts or something. Yeah, that could pay for the. Now, that's Joel assuming song. that people would want to buy. Get, it. Yeah, let's. <laughs> People might not want to buy anything that has art. Hey, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's, the, the, the Twitter people will Hi, tell Mom. us. The commenters yep. will tell Diane us. Diane Knighty be in line. Leave a Let comment. Someone can us. autograph it. All right, this has been wonderful. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy, Happy, New, New, Year. Year. Happy New Year. Talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast.